0: Hello everyone. This is Juan Carlos and welcome to OCR Unedited where we highlight amazing coaches, athletes and everyday people from the OCR and trail communities for fun unscripted and unedited conversations. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with a hidden gem, one of uh, one of the best OCR elite athletes in Canada, Sean Filiatro of Outlaw OCR. So, Sean, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me again. Again, you nailed the last
0: name again. Good I work. I I, I've been practicing, buddy. I've been practicing. So thanks again, Sean, for joining me on the podcast today. OCR Unedited, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with me. So for our viewers and listeners that are new to OCR Unedited and don't know this amazing athlete, well, you're in for a treat. Uh, Sean, could you give us a brief intro on how you got started in athletics and how you discovered OCR?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll try and make a long story short. Um, I've always been into sports. Um, Basically, when we were kids, uh, my mom said, look, um, you're not going to stay home all summer and be watching TV and play video games. So uh, every summer when we were little kids, like we competed in swimming (laughs) and water polo. So I did that for about uh, probably like 10 years. Uh, My main sport when I was... kid was a short, stra- a short track speed skating so I did that for about 10 years and uh, once I retired from that uh, I had been junior elite level um, so at that age bracket it was the highest level you could go um, like 14 and under um, when I retired from that uh, my last competition was Quebec championships which I won um, in between I always did you know a bit of running some other sports nothing too serious Seriously, uh, so probably from the age of fifteen until I guess like eighteen or twenty-one, like I dabbled in fitness, but nothing seriously. And then two thousand, yeah, probably two thousand eleven. Uh, we were having Thanksgiving dinner, I think it was, and our my aunt said to us, "She said uh, there's this new race that came out. Uh, my friends did it. They were running through mud and they were jumping over fires." And it was super hardcore. You and your dad should do it, right? And at the time, I was just getting into marathon running because so my my dad had run uh, like four or five at the time. Um, so we looked at each other. and We're kind of like, yeah, that sounds hardcore. Let's do it, right? So we got a bunch of friends together. And we went and we ran the open wave. Um, and this was back in, yeah, 2011, I think. So I don't know if any of the listeners I were doing Spartan back then, but it wasn't the same thing it is now. It wasn't really uh, a sport like it is now. Yeah. Back then, it was it really kind of felt like how like how far can we push people without killing them kind of thing, you know, so super long barbed wire crawls over roots and rocks. And I remember I even have pictures of it that I can share with you. Uh, Me going through a barbed wire crawl and the barbed wire is hooked up to what looks like car batteries. And the volunteers were shoveling snow, uh, not snow, uh, ice. They were shoveling ice into the barbed wire crawl to make you flinch and then touch the barbed wire. Um, So it was, it was way different. It was super hardcore. Uh, We did that for a few years just for fun. And then in like 2015, I decided that um, I wanted to basically try it a bit more seriously and see how good or bad I could actually be. Um, And yeah, I had a few pretty bad years. I wasn't very good at the beginning. I didn't really know what I was doing, honestly. Like back then there was not really any resources uh, to tell you how to train for this. It was so new, right? It only started like two years earlier about. Um, so I think my first race was, uh, my first elite race was uh Tremblant in 2015. And I believe Ryan Atkins was there. I didn't know too much who he was at the time, but I'd seen rumblings about him online. So I knew he was kind of like this crazy good guy. And yeah, it basically took me, I think, over two times as long as it took him to do the course. And I distinctly remember sitting on the side of that hill at one point, just cramping. I sat down and was kind of just accepting like, yep, I'm never going to be good at this. Oh, well, <laughs> you know. And after the race, I had asked my girlfriend. I'd seen him. Yeah oh yeah, yeah, he won. I said, was he running up the hills? She said, yeah, he was running. And it just like blew my mind, right? I couldn't understand at that point that somebody could run up these kind of hills, right? He's a beast. And uh, yeah, that was, you're telling me, man. Uh, And yeah, that was 2015. And then 2017, I decided I wanted to try it a bit more seriously. Um, You know, I had dabbled in marathons at the time. I'd done like, I think three or four, probably, I think three. And I had no how can I say I had no uh, delusions that I was going to be an Olympic marathoner, you know, looking at my body type and looking at what I was doing, uh, looking at, you know, the guys that are winning, like the Kenyans and all of them. I'm like, that's not me, right? Like uh, it's all good. Um, but I was looking at OCR and I was looking at the best guys. And I said, you know, in terms of, of like body type, I don't feel like there's any huge difference between us. We're like a similar build. Maybe if I put some time into this, I can maybe get as good as them so I was 2017 and still on the journey now you know still working my way up and trying to get as good as some of those guys
0: <clears throat> but you have an impressive uh, resume when it comes to uh, OCR and and uh, and winning and uh, you know reaching podium uh, you've been successful and so I truly my hats off to you and your accomplishments um can you share with us um, some of your, or one of your best finishes in the OCR game?
1: <clears throat> yeah, probably, I would say that, <clears throat> sorry, the two that come to mind, uh, um, probably the first one is uh, North American Championships 2018 when I finished second, uh, just because I went into that race Uh, And I told my family, I appreciate it. I I told my family, like, look, top 10 age group. If I get that, like, that's the goal. I'm going to be happy. Uh, In a sense, I I made it right. Um, And I had my, my, my dad there. My girlfriend was there and they were kind of giving me feedback throughout the race uh, where they thought I was positioned. And I had a good race. I went through the obstacles fine, had a good run. And when I finished, we had a feeling that I might be in like top five or six. I was hard to tell just because I sent like two age groups out at once. So you have no idea who really you're racing against. And so I said, I think probably five or six based on what I counted. And yeah, it turned out I was second. So it just blew our minds because that's not what we were expecting. So I kind of proved to me a bit. That uh, maybe I, I'm not as bad as I thought I was, and maybe there is a bit of hope, unlike I thought back in 2015. Right. Uh, the second one that was a big moment for me, just a big learning experience, was uh, when I finished third at Owl's Head, the Owl's Head Beast uh, last year. Yeah. Now again, for me, I put a star beside that just because you know there were guys who got DQ'd for accidentally going off course, and you know guys like Sam Hibbert He told me he was one of the guys. He said, "Listen, man, it's part of the game." congrats to you. You saved the course. You, you knew the map, you earned it. So like it meant a lot that he said that, but um, for me, like I put a star beside that because I want to be able to one day beat these guys without that, you know, just, I passed them, I was faster. And then I beat them.
0: I definitely agree. <clears throat> I, I, I agree with you there with that, uh, with that statement. You uh, know if I'm going to go out and race at my best, I expect everybody to be there at their best. Right. Yeah, That's, I want to
1: beat them when they're at their best, not when they're sick, or not when they make a mistake and go off course. Right. I want yeah,
0: to just. I agree. And then
1: Samuel A to Herbert, B faster than you.
0: Yeah, and Samuel Ebert is no joke. He is a machine. That guy. He is uh, also yeah. one of Canada's top uh, elite male year athletes. So, kudos to him. Also. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, my buddy, like I mean, those are two great races i mean i love the world's uh, north american championships and the world championships uh, held by OCRWC. Uh, ocr wc um and you're a compliment my once again my hat's off goes off to you um appreciate it yeah and you know what and you mentioned ryan atkins i remember uh, when i first had my first uh, deal with that gentleman <laughs> ryan atkins who is a, a beast um just, you know what, he is a, 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 a champion. He is somebody that, I mean, we, he is an inspiration to a lot of us. Just an amazing Canadian athlete and how he trains is just like no other. He's crazy. He's just crazy awesome. I remember when I first got into OCR and I did Battle Frog. It was the last battle frog uh, to be heard of because you know after that, which was back in 2016 <laughs> I think it was or 15 is, um, it, uh, it it went bankrupt and that's it shut down. But either way,
1: yeah. I remember I peace. was
0: I saw this guy it's like right and this Ryan, Ryan Akin guy just standing, you know he's like walking in there to the starting line every it was like parting the red sea that's how it was so all these athletes just move out of the way and he yeah. walks right in the middle there La-da-da-da-da. yeah stands in the front of the line and just waiting for uh the bell to go so we can run i was only i was one or two people behind him and i'm thinking i was weighing about close to 200 pounds but i was a big guy And for me it was like i can take on all these dudes Ting ting. everybody gone. takes off but this guy's gone uh, but yeah, never saw him again on, on my first obstacle i don 't know if you 've ever done bite a frog, and those those yeah, once, obstacles yeah. then they were no joke, so yeah. I remember on my I got to the first obstacle, buddy, literally, I was like <gasps> 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 <laughs> I was weighing so much, I was carrying so much weight, and here i 'm thinking yeah guy yeah. he can 't be that fast. Oh yes, he can. He yeah, he is. <laughs> my, I think when I got to the first obstacle, he just finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's an amazing I've been talent, there, man. and so are you. So you know, with, with today's yeah. episode, I really wanted to uh, you and I. We thought it was a good thing that we touched on uh, a couple of things that are important during uh, not so much COVID, but during this during this off season. For those that are new coming into OCR, and those that are uh, in the OCR game wanting to get into the high competitive level within the age group or the elite, so we wanted to we wanted to touch base on what to do during this block period and uh, how to prepare. What is an off season? What is an on season? When to decrease? When to increase your volume? And so we wanted to paint also a picture for everybody, so that way you guys can go out there and train and uh, be successful when the season starts. So we're gonna use me as an example because uh, my goal is to get back into racing in five months uh, for me to hit because I'm I'm okay. most I'm gonna. I will be doing a lot of the the US National Series races. My goal is podium down there uh, at the National Series races. So that's my goal. There's so many good athletes down there that I wanna compete and that they're friends and they want me to come down and I wanna get down there because I wanna race with the best. In order for you to to better yourself, you need to run with the best so you know where your weaknesses are and how to improve your training which comes down to what we're going to talk about, which is that block period, which we're going to use this block period, right? Um, as an example, to paint a picture for everybody. So guys, I hope you guys enjoy and uh, you like what's uh, to be said. So let's get started. Now, uh, talking about off-season and on-season training. Okay, unfortunately, the, our OCR season has been canceled for this year, 2020. And if if everything works out well, uh, the season could start back up in five months. Uh, For me, five months, because my goal is uh, depending on how everything goes with COVID and all, hopefully I can get to Jacksonville and race. Uh, And if not, Arizona, but we'll see how it goes and how it plays out. But I'm looking at a block period from now to then for five months, give or take. So the question here is, Sean, Um, I got a, I got a two part question here is how do we train for this block period? And do we increase the volume of our training or do we decrease the volume of our training during this block period?
1: Okay. So it's a pretty big question that we're going to have to break down the smaller parts, right? Because we're talking about, we have, uh, a, a period of five months, right, yeah. to train for this race. Um, how we go into that depends on what we've been doing up until now, right? right? Um, so, you had mentioned the word off season, and I think we really quickly need to define what that means first, right? Of course. So, there's there's no one true definition off season, everyone has their own definition. Uh, I define off season as the period of time immediately following the end of your racing season, right? And it can last two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, I would probably say at the most, Um, but your racing season has come to an end. So in this case, there are no races but again if we're using you as an example we're going to assume that you've been doing a lot of virtual races or time trials so you have been working hard up until this point so up until now you've been working hard then we're going to take an off season at the end of our racing season so the purpose of the off season is that we're going to take let's say for you uh four to six weeks where we're going to reduce your training volume maybe by 50 percent and the reason we're doing that is because we want you to recover um, and then be able to take on more training load afterwards right so if if we use you know a cup as an example all season this cup is you it's your body right? And as you fill it up with water, that's training stimulus, right? Eventually, you're going to get to the top. So generally, by the end of your season, the cup is completely full of training stimulus. If you keep going for another five months without recovering properly and taking an off season, uh, it's just going to overflow, you're not going to absorb anything else. So what we have to do the purpose of this off season, empty out the cup. So then uh, we can actually take in more water or Stimulus, right? Gotcha. So, first thing you're going to do, I would say, is uh, at least four weeks, nice and easy. All the work you're going to do is uh, more or less aerobic. So, what I mean by that is anytime you're running, uh, if you're paying attention to heart rate zones, you're going to stay in heart rate zone three and below. So, three and two, even two is uh, probably even better, it's less stressful. So what would um, you say
0: is uh, two or three? What would you say that is? But, uh, at 140 and under? 150 and So 100? it's really
1: gonna it's it really depends gonna depend on, on each person gotcha. yeah it, heart rate is extremely individual yeah. right so in order to figure that out of course the only way to know 100 percent is to get lab tested to know your true zones but gotcha. well, you can kind of estimate it more or less uh in a way that is you know accurate enough to be used and it's not harmful. So some things you can do, if you wear a heart rate monitor, uh, you can take the highest value that you've ever had. Um, So let's say a lot of people use 220 minus their age to figure out their max heart rate, which is uh, not super accurate. So let's say if based on your age, uh, you're supposed to be at, I don't know, 175 beats per minute for your maximum heart rate, but you've had a training session where you hit 187 with let's say a chest strap, Heart rate monitor. Well, you just disproved that. So you can take that value your max as your max heart rate. Then you could use like your minimal, uh, your resting heart rate, and you can find uh, your heart rate reserve. So something called carbon and formula. Uh, And then you can base your zones off that. So in general, uh, your zone three will be around 70 to 80% of that maximum heart rate. And then as we drop down uh, 60 to 70% uh, would be your zone two. Right. So if you stick around there, you'll make sure that for your off offseason, um, you're not overstressing your body. Again, the purpose during that off season is not to uh, gain any fitness. We're just maintaining. So that's, let's say, one month. One month is gone. We had five months to work with. Uh, we now have four months left. Right. What do we do from now? Well, we can maybe get into it after. Uh, generally, I like to do six weeks out of a race, uh, a peak, a peaking race training camp uh so again we'd have to knock off another uh let's say a month month and a half just for that so now we're left with like three and a half months and uh what do we do there Uh, and you were talking about uh increasing decreasing you know volume intensity so with that three and a half months uh definitely during our off season at the beginning you're reducing your, your volume and your intensity once we start up My suggestion would be uh, then we're going to start building up our volume again, our running volume. And that's not some arbitrary number like, oh, I'm going to run 100 kilometers a week, but you've never run more than 30 kilometers a week. So it's based on your historic mileage, right? You're going to build up your volume for a bit. Um, Again, you can start making sure you're focusing on uh, your long runs, your aerobic uh long steady runs which we'll get to maybe in a second you can start reintroducing short intervals Uh, if you have enough time during the week you could even start throwing in some short uh, tempo or threshold work and then as we progress through those three and a half months where we're building um then we're going to start you know we'll peak the volume maybe who knows eight weeks out from the the main race and then we'll start dropping down the volume but increasing the intensity So what do I mean by that? Well, the intervals are maybe going to get longer or faster. They're going to get harder. Uh, We're going to start introducing our OCR simulations, which is going to be anything, you know, uh, running with obstacles, um, maybe for time or rounds for time. Uh, Again, very race specific. Um, All the while, again, making sure that we're focusing on getting in uh, that long and slow run every week. So even for yourself, your goal race is a 5K race, right? right? So a lot of people think, well, 5K, I don't need to run uh, that much, or I need to run fast all the time. I don't need to run slow. Why should I run slow? whole bunch of different routes we can do, go down. But basically what I'm going to say to you, the reason why it's important that you're always focusing on that long, slow run, even if your goal is a 5K um, and building up, whether it's you know 20K long run, 25K, Uh, The reason it's important is even a 5K race, um, the success in that is largely dependent on your aerobic fitness. So again, that's the amount of fitness you have spending times in heart rate zone three and below, right? Again, it's like the foundation of a house. Our aerobic fitness is the foundation of our fitness. The better and the more aerobic fitness that you're going to have, the faster you're actually going to be able to go before you hit zone four and above or redlining, as people like to call it. Number one, number two, when you go from an aerobic bout of exercise, so running into an anaerobic movement. So an obstacle, and then back to running, you're actually going to recover faster. And number three, you're going to notice that even if you were to go do a 5k time trial, you might run the same pace that used to be a race pace, or you might run faster and it's going to take you actually longer to hit zone four. Right. And that's because you had this much aerobic fitness. So the last thing I'll say on that is again, people want to know how much should I run for, even if my goal is a 5k or I don't have to run that much. Well, if you actually look at it, um, even like yeah we're using professionals as an example but again they'll run you know 20 kilometers and upwards and i'll even tell you personally my goal this year has been working on the 5k distance and you know i've been running even in excess 30 kilometers 32 kilometers at once right and i've noticed everything i told you i've noticed myself with our athletes that we coach uh, when they do their time trials they're not only going the same speed or faster but the demand The cost of work, the heart rate is lower for the same effort. Got you.
0: Which is what I'm also trying to uh, accomplish. Um, For example, I have, I'm doing another 30 to 32K trail run this Wednesday. So, of course, I want to take a few days before I do it. Two, Mm -hmm. I break it in, I break my, I break that trail run in two and I do two loops of 16. 15, 16, depending on, um, and I try to maintain a pace that is an easy pace. And like you said, a conversation type of pace, uh, for some people that may be a little faster, um, because of all the years of running, I, I can, my pace is a little faster, but I try to maintain a slow pace because the work, the, the goal here for me is not to, Run too fast because, like you said, I want to be able to maintain that heart, that low heart rate level, the cardiovascular work yeah. on that, and then work on consistency uh, when it comes to um, uh, long, whether it be a, a short distance type of race to a long distance type of race, right? So uh, that's my goal here. So I'll be doing a, a total of 30. And if we can, yeah, and
1: are. if we can. Touch on that real quick um, the biggest thing that I have to work on with athletes when they come to us is everyone wants to run fast and when we look at their training data they're running fast all the time with no direction right um, and we completely undo that and have to retrain them right so in terms of the long run as a feed dot coach running coach uh, I do base a lot of what i do with athletes on the jack daniels v dot tables that's not the only thing i use but it's one of the tools i use and often um, when we look at people's long run paces they're running way too fast right and what's way too fast generally if we go by the v dot tables uh if you're going anywhere within a minute to a minute and a half of your 5k pace uh generally the purpose of your workout is no longer aerobic right so what i would urge people to do is number one if you don't know your 5k pace go test it time trial it you take your 5k pace and generally if you're like i said if you're working with within a minute of that so i'll give you just a a hypothetical number let's say someone's 5k pace their race pace is five minutes per kilometer if you're doing a long run, that's the purpose of that. It's supposed to be easy, aerobic, conversational, like we're talking about, yeah. and you're running at 530 per, per kilometer way too fast. You've completely undone the purpose of the workout. Okay? There's times that we will want to go faster in a long run, but if that's not the purpose, slow it down, right? Even myself, generally I'm within a minute 15, a minute and a half slower on the long run. So uh, if there's anything I can say to people, slow it down, look at your numbers. Uh, Now the long run is generally not the time to be pushing that hard. Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, um, Just to also clarify on something for everybody regarding on season training. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned that, okay. So in the, in the last three months, before I start my, on, my, my season in, in, in Jacksonville, right? And using that as an example to paint a picture for everybody. When would you say, Joanne, those three months would be an on-season? When would I increase my intensity, the volume of my running and uh, grip strength work or anything that is OCR related?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, Again, I think with terms like off season and on season, everyone's going to have their own definition. I don't think anyone is the right definition. Uh, I would say, you know, again, since we're talking about, you know, like Jacksonville, if you have five months, um, we already talked about the off season, which let's say is at least a month long, could be shorter, could be more depending on the athlete. In your case, let's say it's a month long. After that, I would say more or less immediately you're you're starting to build up your volume right what you need to be careful of is you're not increasing your volume uh dramatically at once and also increasing the intensity at once right the important thing in anything fitness related is that we introduce one stressor at a time or else the body just can't adapt and it will break down right so i would say at first the important thing we would be to increase your volume, of course, safely and gradually to begin with. So right after your off-season ends, start building up the volume again. Whatever that might be, it depends on each person, right? So maybe for you, uh, you want to try and peak up at 80 kilometers a week or 100, I don't know. Um, And then once we start getting closer to the race, so I would think – maybe like eight weeks out kind of thing, we're going to start actually cutting down the volume, but increasing the intensity, right? So it's kind of like this scale, right? You want to avoid having too much of everything all at once. It's very hard to have high volume, high intensity at once, right? Generally, if you cut down the volume as the race is getting closer, so if your peak is 80 kilometers a week, maybe, you know, uh, three weeks out from the race, you're only doing 60, 65K a week but the run sessions that you're doing are very intense, right? They're at their most intense. And then you start cutting down even the volume more. Uh, Maybe you're going to taper closer to the race. So with the the last three, two or three weeks, and you'll start cutting your volume maybe every single week, even like 20%, you know, and by race week, you've cut your your, uh, run volume by 60%, but the intensity was still high, right? Uh, That would be my suggestion.
0: Got you. Which makes a lot of sense. Um, now an important topic to touch on also now is running, um, as an OCR, um, athlete running is an, is very important. Um, if you're an A- OCR age group, at, um, age group, um, athlete or an elite athlete, um, to us running is about 60%, uh, 60 to 70%, if not more of the, of our OCR game. Right. So, <clears throat> it is very imperative. It's imperative that we build our running properly. Right. And like you and me, I've, it's taken me years to get to where I am now. It's not something that just happened overnight. That's not how running works now. And in, 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 in order now, uh, at the level that I'm at, uh, thankfully that I'm able to now go up a level and compete at the highest level, which is what I wanted. Um, I know a lot of people and, uh, OCR athletes that run daily. And I used to be one of them. Um, I would run a lot. I would feel a lot of discomfort on my legs, on my knees, and on my ankles. I I wouldn't relax. And so the pain would just gradually get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had to stop that and we were just and like you said we were just we just touched base on that that you need to recover you need to take it down you need to decrease the, whether it's the intensity or whether it's the volume you have to recover or else you're not gonna gain anything out of it you know that training is not gonna it's it's not gonna function all right it's not gonna do you yeah. any good when you're out on the, when the rain season starts if anything you're just gonna fatigue yourself because you're already burnt out yeah. um so Um, I used to do that and I had to stop. And I remember speaking with you a number of times regarding this. And so I changed my running. And uh, now I run every second day or every third day. Why? Because I have to let my body relax. It doesn't matter if it's a 5K or if it was a 10K that I ran. A run is a run and you need to recover from it. When you recover and you recover properly, you build more strength. And I've noticed that. And it's been a very long time now, also with so many things that I had to change, whether it be my, my lifestyle or that my eating habits, um, so much has changed that I feel really strong. Now when I run, I don't really, I don't even have to push my body is now just, it's ready to go. The engine is ready, right? It wasn't one of those where you would have to run how many kilometers in order to get your engine warm up in order order for you to get going. No, I'm ready to go which is what I'm happy about. So um, when I run, uh, I'm focus driven. Every run is a planned run, and in, which means uh, I'm working on various aspects of my running, uh, whether it be my running form, my cardiovascular, keeping the heart rate low, uh, breathing techniques, or mental training, and so on. So for my runs, it's, it's, there's a purpose for it. So my question to you, as an OCR athlete, Sean, for someone who is in a competitive or elite level, what, you, what would you say or recommend an athlete to do during the off-season regarding, tra- regarding their running?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, so regarding running, um, I think it's, it's no secret that, like you said, an obstacle course race is 60 70 80 90 running depending on the race you do right and um i believe it was Faith Stenning who said recently on a podcast um she was talking about the fact that a lot of our athletes don't train running properly enough or enough and she said at the end of the day an course race is a running race with inconveniences in between and i really like that because it's true right yeah, it um is. so you have to be focusing on your running what should you focus on it's going to depend on each athlete and it's going to depend on what your goals are what your goal races are right myself as an example i've been very focused on the 5k distance or that capacity 5k capacity why because the longer distances are limited by your shorter distance. So for example, if you can only K, you're not gonna run a 39 minute 10K, right? You're not gonna run faster than your record 5K in double the distance. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, It depends on your goal. So for you, uh, your goal is a 5K race. So definitely you're gonna need to be working on three to 5K speed. Right. So that way, if you're doing the 3K speed, the 5K feels a bit slower. Um, So whether that's really short intervals or you're working up even to one kilometer intervals, uh, you're going to want to have your threshold or tempo in there. So maybe you're working a bit slower than 5K. So maybe 8, 10K speed. I really like that half marathon speed. It's like sub threshold. It's uncomfortable but it's completely doable for a long period of time. Uh, and then definitely you're going to work on, uh, again, that long run. If you want to build endurance, got to do the long run. Um, again, it's going to depend on everyone's goals, but if it was for you, that's what I would tell you to work on your three to 5k pace, work on like 10, eight, 10k pace, uh, threshold runs. So that can be like 2k, multiple 2k runs at a time, 3k, uh, even one shot of 5k fast, a 10k, a bit fast, like 15k pace. Uh, there's tons you could do, right? Super exciting. And I can nerd out about it. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's tons you could do. Um, that's just in terms of pure running capacity, you've got to have the hills in there too. Let's not forget. Um, maybe it's not as important if you're doing a flat race, right? Maybe you'll throw it in a bit less. Um, um, but it's still a good way to build your engine. And definitely if you're going to be doing races later on that have the hills, uh, I would have a day of hills in there at least, right? You can swap out uh, maybe a certain threshold or an interval workout and throw it in there and it's lower impact, right? That's what I would suggest.
0: Yeah. So in order to make, for example, um, for me to make this work uh, and whether it be Jacksonville, which is flat or Arizona, or let's say big bear, which is, uh, one hill, one huge mountain. Without having to use foul language here, because this is PG, of course. Oh yeah, um, fuck! I swear sort to of God. So what I do is, I, I I break my training in various forms. I do track work, uh, like a time trial. Last month I did one. This yeah. month I was six, six seconds faster. Nineteen oh nine, in uh in August. This. Uh, this month and a few days ago when I did it, you know, I did it in 1903. So the next time I do it, I know. And the goal is to maintain the same, the same stride, the same intensity when I was running, uh, same pace, and to hopefully get at 18. Right. And then, cause even though I am doing a time trial and I'm going in a fast speed at the same time, um, I want to be able to do it where I don't have to push so hard over that limit and be able to maintain that fast, nice, fast 3.4 speed and be able to accomplish my goal, right? At, at a certain, uh, so I
1: have good and bad news for you. Okay. So good and bad news for you is that definitely over time, if you were to redo the same speed you just did, uh, it might feel a bit uncomfortable, but it'll feel easier. For sure. You'll be like, wow, uh, that was not as demanding as last year. Maybe this year you collapse at the end and then the next time you do it, you'll finish and yeah. you'll be breathing heavy, but okay, I'm done, right? Yeah. The bad news is that no matter how fast you get, once you start going faster, it always sucks, right? Oh, so it does. A, a PR, a personal best, it, it's I'm always going to <laughs> <yeah>,
0: I'm not <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, I don't want to get this confused, it's not easy. Okay, it is not easy. This is not a piece of cake. I mean, it's, it, you, have to put all, you have to put that hard work in. In order for you to come out on top and be successful, you have to put the hard work in. When it comes to running, there is no shortcut. Running is unforgiving. Yeah. It, it is one of those you, you get out of it what you put in. That's right. Wh- exactly. What you put in is what you're going to get out of it. So if you're going to cheat yourself, you are not going to be successful. Simple. Yeah. What I also do is I do short circuits in that track,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, and then I, I, I practice doing uh, um, one, one looper on the track, do exercises uh, at a very high intensity, and then I'll continue doing it. And I'll run slowly. When I come again, increase that intensity and do some, uh, so, some of the exercises. So I try to practice that. I do hill training on, on its own separately, and when I do hill training, that's with a 70 pound bag. Uh mm-hmm. I go up and down that mountain, buddy, and I do it as much as and as I used to hate it. Now I'm starting to like it, right? Because I want be yeah, to be able to it does get easier. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So, but then I also do my trail running, like these 30k. And this 30k, you got everything rough from rough terrain, some hard hills, and you got some flat, you got some gravel, so you get everything. So I get to train on that. And then I take yeah. those results and I take that information, that data, and then that's how I also figure out where my weaknesses are, and then try to figure out a plan on how to better, um, how to better uh, myself at this. And, and um, but I mean everything's a learning curve. Every day is something new. I mean you, you, this is not something you're gonna master. In order for you to get better, you need to throw yourself into un, you know, uh, in- uncomfortable situations because when it comes to racing and ocr there's no comf- like there is no comfort level there <laughs> yep. when you're running and you're racing yep. it's not gonna be an, you know a piece of cake there's gonna be some discomfort so you need to get ready for that oh did you freeze on me
1: Oh, it's good. It's good. I think we're back.
0: <laughs> ah, you're back. Okay. I hope I don't have to repeat anything I just said. I hope you did hear me. Um, here. We're
1: good. Yeah. Okay. It's good that uh, what you were saying that, yeah, I think it's good what you were saying was that um, you recognize now that when you raise, it's going to hurt right? And that's something I didn't learn for a few years, right? And then once you learn that, that it's always going to hurt, and you accept it, um, then you start getting better results, right? But maybe there's other people that were like I was when I first started. I thought when it started to hurt, that meant I was out of shape, right? And like, oh, I need to pull back at hiking, I need to hike too. Now forget it, it's always going to hurt, right? It's supposed to, you're running up a mountain, right? At the end of the day.
0: (laughs) If it was easy, everybody be doing it and everybody be a champion. But that's not how it works. And that's not reality. No. no. (laughs) Oh, my God. So what about physical struggles on a race course? I mean, have you had any bad injuries or uh, any physical struggles that you were uh, dealing with? And how did you overcome them?
1: Well, I'm pretty notorious for rolling ankles. It's pretty bad. Um, Usually about... Yeah. Usually about at least once a season I'll roll an ankle and like, that's my fault because up till maybe now, you know, I wasn't doing enough strengthening for the ankles. Um, and I had a bad one last year. Uh, the first race I did mud hero, uh, with some, some buddies and literally within the first 400 meters, I don't know if I stepped on a rock or something. My ankle just shot out and like a genius, I, I ran the whole race. Right. And I, st- I swear to you, though, the next day I was convinced I broke my foot, right? And I thought the whole season was done, right? And thankfully it wasn't. Um, But, yeah, like, rolled ankles are the worst Uh, last year. I also had – when I did the Owl's Head Race, I I tell people I basically ran that on one knee, right? Because uh, um, I more or less had some form of runner's knee last year, so a lot of uh, pain around the patella, right, the kneecap. And – it got bad enough that I basically couldn't run for a month. Yeah. Um, even walking, right? Like I could barely walk and keep up with somebody at a regular pace. I had to like almost drag my leg, like at a uh, like a um, you know like a pirate stump leg or something, you know, yeah. like a peg leg. Um, and when I, you know, I was working with a physiotherapist, and before Al's head, I said like, I said listen, like, there's no risk of long-term damage based on like the." the findings that I have just go for it. It's going to suck. So um, I did that race and it was like, I was, can you imagine this doing owl's head and I was praying for another uphill, right? Because that was the only time I had no pain. Right. Yeah. Every downhill was like somebody was jabbing a knife (laughs) into my knee. Right. Um, (laughs) A lot of these things, it could be, it can come down to, you know, improper like recovery or mobility or strengthening. So, you know, again, like not working enough on the ankle strength thing uh the knee issue is more or less because at the time i was working for this company and i, I would rush through my my post workout recovery and just everything was super tight around the knee um so i had to maybe learn i have to spend more time like loosening things up um it's important as well you know it's not just the workout before and after is important as well
0: hey buddy i agree with you and once again uh fuck When you roll (laughs) your ankle, it's no fucking joke. Um, I swear to God, how many times? I don't wish that on anyone, man. How many times have I rolled my ankle? And you know what? I just gotta go. I gotta run. It's the problem. Is is when you finish and you take off your shoe and you got this pain. Just, just you, you start wondering what the hell is going on here. Yeah, (laughs) it just gets worse and worse and worse. Worst case is if you're doing a weekend race and it's only Friday and you got Saturday and Sunday. Oh man.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you what, like I'm at the point where if something like this happens to me, I'm, and a lot of people don't do this, right? Cause I don't know if it's some sort of stigma or it's just, I don't know what it is. You know, like we get hurt on a course and we're, Oh, I'm going to finish. I'm tough. I'm going to finish. But like you're saying, you know, maybe if you're actually competing, for positioning and you're looking at having a long-term like career in a sport, you know, uh, it's happened to me. I think the first two years ago, I did Owl's head, rolled my ankle, finished the race. And I wanted to kind of go back the next day. My dad was there with me. He took one look and he says, there's no way in hell you're running tomorrow. Right. And I'm at the point now where if that happens to me, I'm either considering pulling out of the race or, uh, I'm not running the, the next race. And I know you've had Richard Diaz on the show, and he's very, very big on the same thing. He says, lift to fight another day, right?
0: Yeah, but you also have to, you know, there are various uh, levels of of using a roll ankle as uh, as, an, as, um, as an example. There's various levels of rolling your ankle. There's that slight roll that you do, oh, that I sure. do sure. every sure. Yeah. time. Even when I go and run yeah. my trails. Like a tweak, only on trails when I run, it's yeah. always that friggin' little yeah. stubble that's sticking out of the, like the, a, the ground like a tweak, or yeah. a rock or a branch. Sometimes we step on it, you know, awkwardly. We don't notice. Yeah. We don't know. And then you get that slight little roll, you know, ankle roll, but yeah. not to the point where it's like, oh, my God, uh, I, I can't walk. So there's various levels. Yeah. But if you're,
1: If your ankle blows up like a baseball and it's black and blue no more running that's a sign
0: that's a sign buddy you need to stop what you're doing that's the, the line, car I think,
1: yeah <laughs> take off your shoes put some <laughs> sandals home. on and relax enjoy the day it's beautiful yeah <laughs> but see that's but it, me when i roll an ankle i either go big or go home right and if i roll an ankle it's usually like that it blows up and it's blue when it's done right it's you know done what? for me no you, more racing you
0: no know, knock on wood that I haven't got there yet, and not never mind yet. Take away that word that I haven't got yeah. there, and that I've been lucky enough uh, and uh, to be to be safe when I run and when I train, right? So thank God. But yeah, you're right. Uh, and Richard Diaz did say that you know if you, if you hurt yourself, you know you, you 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 know just recover, just take it easy, take yeah. a take a take a back seat somewhere and just relax. You're gonna live to fight another day. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Now. What do you recommend to those OCR athletes that are battling, uh, suffering, or recovering from injuries during their off uh, during this off season time?
1: Well, I would say, uh, in terms of off season, I think a lot of people have this misconception that off season means. I stopped training for months on end. I just sit on my button. and I do nothing. And that's totally not what we're talking about. Right. When we mentioned off season earlier, that's not I think opinion. in the case of, um, an injured, exactly. Yeah. I think in the case of an injured athlete, maybe an off season, it might do them some good to actually take like a week, two weeks completely off and do nothing. Uh, if they're burned out, they're overtrained and burned out, you know, a week off is probably what you need. Right. Um, I think so. Uh, Generally, I mean, I think you also have to ask yourself, like, what is the injury? Um, We see often on social media, there's athletes who are consistently injured with what seems like always the same injury. And you have to ask yourself, like, if I'm always getting injured and it's always the same thing, there's something wrong with what I'm doing. Right. If that's the case for some athletes, you have to ask yourself, reexamine what you're doing. You know, what what does my training look like? Maybe it's too intense. Maybe there's something biomechanically wrong in my form, in my running form. too much intensity, too much volume, but there's something wrong. You should be getting injured frequently all the time. Yeah. Uh, is there a nutritional problem? Is there a hormonal problem, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I've had um, OCR athletes on the show and you've heard them. Um, one of them is a good friend and he's down south and he trains every day, practically every day he's an, he's an elite athlete and he's just an amazing guy. He's an amazing athlete. He's done well. Um, but he trains a lot. And, and me and him, we, we spoke and, uh, he did mention that, you know, what, whenever there's a day off, um, he always ends up doing something, working out and training because, uh, to him, his mentality is if I have a day off, why am I going to take it off? I might as well train right and get stronger and stronger now that works for him and i know that there's a lot of athletes out there and yeah. friends that uh, you know that do that and you know whenever they see an opening for training they get right in there and they'll train because their mentality is if why am i going to take a day off or if i have a day off you know what i might as well training be that much stronger but that type of mentality well let's
1: address that real quick
0: But because that type of mentality, I tell you, it doesn't work for me, and I'm glad that they like that, but it doesn't work for me, and it will never work for other athletes. You have to see what works for you. To me, to train every day, I used to do that, and I would be tired and exhausted, but I used to think like that, that I had to train. If I have a day off, I have to get in there and get that much stronger, but yet I wasn't seeing the results. And so I had to change it up. And now what I have going on mm-hmm. for me and I, every second, every other day or every second or every third day, I, I do my running and my training or whatever it is I got to do. It's helped me so much. What do you have to say about that?
1: Yeah, let's address that real quick. Um, so you mentioned like it doesn't work for you personally. I don't think it actually in the, the the big picture thing.
0: Oh oh, uh oh! You're you're freezing on me. Did I freeze? Oh, you froze, buddy. My back. Oh no! Now you are. Can you hear me? Now I can. <laughs> okay,
1: everything's good on my end. <laughs> you can hear me now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now.
1: Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, uh, I think training that much is a personal preference, but the fact is fitness gains don't happen when we're doing these workouts or we're in the gym, right? It comes from the recovery we take afterwards. And I think it's very clear that there's a lot of athletes that do what you just mentioned. You yourself, you did it. I've been there before. A lot of other people still do it. I don't think it's a coincidence that the athletes who do this, who have this mentality, and I'm not taking a shot at anyone. I'm just speaking generally. I think it's, um, there's no coincidence that the people who are always training and saying like, Oh, no days all the time. Um, there's a reason that they're not finishing as well as the people who are taking those off days. You know, if you look at the best in the world, Lindsay Webster has said it, you know, Ryan Atkins, all these guys, um, uh, and there's a reason why they're the ones who are winning,
0: and you 're frozen again and, and yeah you're still frozen i'm gonna wait for you till you come back because it's important. I want you to finish with your your thoughts <laughs> If you can hear me buddy I need you to restart. <laughs> I'll just wait till you come back. Can you hear me? I can... Yeah, I can hear you, but uh, you're frozen. <laughs> Let's just wait till you come back.
1: Okay. Uh, everything's good on... Everything's good on my end.
0: So you, you were saying that Lindsay Webster and Ryan Atkins yeah. and all these uh, uh, big athletes, you know, they're all... They're champions and there, and and they've won these championships because they've taken. They believe in taking time to rest. So uh, that's where you. That's where you can you can continue from there. And again, you froze on me. <laughs> it's okay, people. For everybody watching, um, that's not how he looks. Um, <laughs> He's just frozen. Uh, so we got so we got some technical difficulties here with our connection. And so I know if I give him a few minutes, yeah, I mean, not a few minutes, a few seconds, he'll be right back. There he is. Oh, oh so there's two of yous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, one second.
0: No worries, buddy. Oh, we're doing a – oh, we're changing platforms here. Oh, what? Now he's using his I cell phone, phone. Everybody, oh, buddy, I, that I was you quick. That was good. Um, <laughs> you know I, want what? I need to request that from every person that comes here on now. Hey, listen, when you come here, make sure you have your cell phone ready, just in the case. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome.
1: Yeah. So what I was saying was that these people are as a, as accomplished as they are because they understand that it's not like a it's not a belief that, all. Oh, I don't think I need recovery or it's not true. Like they understand that's the science of it. Right. It's just what it is. It's hard science. You cannot be going hundred percent every single day. Right. Um, And I would even question, you know, when I hear people saying that they go hard every day, no days off. Well, then I question what is actually the quality of your sessions? How hard are you actually going? Because personally me, and I think you too, when you're actually going hard, you need those off days, right? Because you're going so hard on the quality day. Uh, me, like I usually take one or two days completely off. And maybe I'll, like today, I jumped on the bike a bit, nice and easy, burn some calories, but uh, low impact, right? Um, yeah. I need that when I'm coming out of the weekend, like I'm toast. I had a quality session on Sunday. I had a long run uh, Saturday, had a quality, uh, a long run on Sunday. By the time Monday rolls around, I don't, don't want to know anything about running or working out, man. <laughs> exactly, buddy. In the that didn't thing, yeah. used to be the case, you know, for me. Uh, I used to wake up always tired. You sleep nine and a half hours, 10 hours, you're tired. Uh, you go to work out and it's like you're asleep the whole time. And, you know, you feel like those easy paces are so hard to hit and your heart rate is skyrocketing and you're at work and you're falling asleep by lunch. Like there's a problem, right? What you're doing is not working. No matter how hardcore you think you are, right? not the way it works so um, Ooh,
0: I have to agree with you there buddy you <laughs> you hit it on the nose with that one
1: so there's people that are not going to like to hear that but listen that's the hard truth maybe you're gonna get away with going hard like that for a year but long term I'm thinking long term I want to be running competing I want to be competing you know uh
0: yeah When I'm
1: 40 years old, you know, like Jesse Bruce, I think he just turned 39, right? He's got quite a few years on me. I want to be as good as he is when I'm his age, right? And he said it on your podcast. You asked the question I had. You asked him, you said, uh, uh, what is his advice for longevity? And he said, listen, you got to take those off days, take those cross training days. If you have injuries, take care of it. Uh, You can't go hard all the time. So it's coming from the man himself, right? (laughs)
0: No, no. I I love Jesse. And uh, no, he's right. And then you've said it yourself and and it's something that I've had to learn and I've had, and I got to do. And it's, it it is what it is, right? you got to take that time off to let your body relax. You cannot be going, you cannot. Yeah. And your mind has to, yeah. It's not so much the physical aspect. There's, it's also the mental, you got to let your mind relax from it. Well, let me ask
1: you this. When you did your, your time trial, the second one, mentally, how did you feel after? I was exhausted. Like it, right? It's tiring exhausted. to focus on I mean, one task for whatever, 19, 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour. Know. It's draining, man. You need yeah. to yeah. turn code.
0: I mean, I'm running at f- 3.3, 3.4 pace. I got the wind against me, and I'm pushing and pushing, and the intensity, and for that intensity, it those 19 minutes – was it wasn't a piece of cake it was hard and there's a reason why it's a time trial and I you know I'm not gonna stop halfway uh just because it, it's so hard oh my god I am going to take a breather and then continue no that's not how it works so no you're right when I finished you know the last thing I want to do is go back out and run or go do another training session of of whatever it may be, whether it be hills or grip. No, I'm going to take some time off and relax. I got to let my body relax. It just, yes. I just traumatized it 19 minutes. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm it's gonna like what, people off. are
1: going to do that five times a week for years at a time. Not going to no. happen, man.
0: No, so.
1: I've been there, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. You know, yeah. that's why I'm passionate about it because I've been there, right? And I know that doesn't work. Um, And when I look, again, when I look at the best people, they understand this and that's not what they're doing. That's why they are the best.
0: Yeah. And so now sticking to recovery, uh, the topic of recovery, when do you know that you got to take a step back because you've been pushing so hard? What does your recovery tend to look like?
1: Yeah. So that's something that I think you learn with experience. I didn't recognize it at first, but now like it's very clear. Generally, what's going to happen to me is, Uh, the first signs that I'll start noticing is that uh, my sleep gets disturbed. So it's harder for me to fall asleep. So just to get to sleep, it's taking me long. I'm just kind of lying there, tossing and turning. Number one, number two, I, my sleep quality is not as good. So I'm going to wake very frequently for no reason. Uh, Three I'll wake up and uh, I'm just tired despite sleeping nine hours. So those are the major ones for me. When I see that right away, I know that there's a problem. Um, And generally like, maybe a notch further is like during the day, just feeling generally fatigued. Like, man, I don't feel, I do not feel good today. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's fine to get to that point. Right. Um, there's two things and it's too bad. Like I don't have a graph here to show you, but there's two things we need to watch out for. When we get to this point, we're getting to a point which we call functional overreaching. When you get to that point, you've accumulated enough fatigue that if you pull back and recover, once you come back to training, um, you're going to have adapted and how can I say, um, not your stress, but your, uh, your limit is going to have moved further so you can tolerate a bit more, right? Yeah. What's not okay is when you get to that point and then you keep going because then we go from uh, functionally overreaching to overtraining and then phew, our, uh, our quality of work, uh, drops down dramatically. Yeah. Right. And that's what we don't want. So what do I do? Uh, generally when I notice this, it's because I've been pushing hard. Um, and what I'll do is I'll, if I have to, I'll take the next day completely off or I'll just go on a bike. And when I say, when I go on a bike, like I'm going on, like, 20, 30 minutes. I'm not paying attention to how fast, how hard I'm going. I'm on my phone. I'm watching TV. I'm just trying to get a tiny bit of a sweat, right? Uh, That's one thing I'll do. Uh, Take the day completely off if you have to. Um, I'm very lucky that my team got me last Christmas. They got me one of these uh, Hypervolt self-massage guns, right? So that's something that I use every single day. I don't know much of the science about it, unfortunately, but I'll use that for about 20 minutes a day uh, on my legs, um, whether I trained or not. And that's been a game changer for me. Um, awesome. And really those are the big ones like sleep, uh, sleep is a weapon, right? So I'll notice that if I've been going hard without even trying, I'll sleep, you know, nine and a half hours instead of like eight and a half or nine. Right. Mm. Um, so for me, that's probably the biggest thing, making sure you're sleeping enough, uh, take the day off. If you get sick, right, like uh, we'd spoken about off, uh, off air. Um, the last time we spoke, I had a pretty bad summer cold. And man, I think I took like two days off, you know, because I tried to run on the second day. And I was like, man, you know what? Like, I feel like I'm running through sludge. Like my body's just not mm-hmm. moving. Forget this. I went home and just uh, jump in the, the shower, jump in the, a cold tub, uh, ice tub. Yeah. tub, uh, whatever it is and just wait till your body's ready to go
0: for those athletes that are out there that are coming into the sport athletes that are in the sport and want to move to competitive and those in competitive want to go up to the next level to the elite you know you're listen to your body if you feel like your body your body's going to crash and burn if you feel sluggish and you're going to go out and run or do whatever type of exercises and you're not up to it Listen to your body. You may want to take a step back, like we were just talking about, and relax. Go watch TV. Maybe what you did is to just relax and stay off your feet and let your body heal for whatever it's going through. You may want to do that before you get out there and start training. Because the one thing you want to do is you don't want to make things, you know, worse. You know, you don't want to worsen things than they already are. You know, yeah. take that time to relax. Listen to what we're saying, please, because we've been through it. <laughs> How many times have I gone out and I'm ready to run, but I just don't feel like it. I take a few steps. I'm either huffing and puffing or I'm not breathing right or my body just wants to burn. I mean, a crash and burn. It's like, and like you said, you, uh, you know what? I'm just going to take a day off and just going to relax and enjoy myself and then get, let my body heal so I can enjoy my training. Your training also doesn't have to be, uh um what's the word it doesn't, it doesn't have, to have to be kill you. difficult you, you know yeah. you may also want to you know it's it's okay to enjoy your training and have fun while you train it's it's not a bad thing you know you know we're also talking about when, when we run you know i, I want to build that you know heart you know cardiovascular I want to improve it, keep the heart rate low, but I also want to enjoy my trail runs. I love trail mm-hmm. running. I love the scenery. I love—I I just love it. I want to enjoy that. It doesn't have to, you know, be so intense where I'm not paying attention to my surroundings. No, I want to enjoy myself. Um, yeah.
1: And I think the easiest thing that older, well, older like uh, veteran athletes, I guess, or even new athletes, can do the easiest thing is start paying attention to like your heart rate zones, right? So if you're going on what's supposed to be an easy run, let's say on a scale of zero to 10, zero is like, we're just sitting here right now and 10 is I'm about to die. This is supposed to be like a two on 10 and your heart rate is way higher than it normally is. Like that's a sign. Your body's trying to tell you like, it's like a car that's like revving. You're like, hey buddy, I don't like this anymore. And there's something wrong. Usually like that's something I'll pay attention to. And it's happened in the lead up to races this summer before they were canceled. I was I was going hard and I was doing a session that was supposed to be, you know, a medium effort. And I'm like, man, I'm struggling to hit easy paces and my heart rate is way high. Pull the plug right away. Forget this. Like, this isn't going to give me anything. I'm just making things worse for myself. It's not making an excuse like, oh, I'm not going to train today. It's You know what? I'm going to pull back the intensity. Uh, This was supposed to be a hill session. Well, now I'm going to do it flat. I'm just going to go for the distance i had meant to do and i'm not going to pay attention to pace and that'll be it or i'll pull the plug completely
0: right i guess i guess the best analogy here would be is uh and for everybody listening it's like your car you know your car eventually is going to run out of gas yeah you can't drive it then what are you going to do take it to the gas station and fill it up so that way it's good to go same thing with the body if it is not going to go and it doesn't want to go don't push it
1: yeah, if you have a flat gonna, tire...
0: Yeah, you don't want to also, you know, have injuries because of it. Just relax.
1: If you have a flat tire out. and no oil in the car and you try to drive it anyway, what's going to happen, right? You're going to have problems. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, I mean, just listen to your body. Now, um, I, I I think... I. I I think we did good here with uh, explaining the off season and on, you know, um, and how to train and how to decrease and increase and when to do so and uh, so many other things. That we hope that everybody learned from this, um, Sean. So, what can we expect from you uh, for next season? What are your goals, buddy?
1: Oh boy, <laughs> big one! Um...
0: I got to get back uh, to you, buddy. I... <laughs> I got to know what's going on with you, buddy. What's going on with the camp? uh,
1: On my end, um, I'm just really working on getting faster, right? Uh, Trying to bridge that gap to like the people that I have my eyes on. Um, So in a sense, I was in a sense kind of happy that there was no races this year because I saw this as an opportunity to just keep putting in work and bridge that gap even more. I see where I am in relation to them. Uh, so to me, yeah, it's just, it's an opportunity to continue to get closer to them. So, I mean, me for the rest of this season, I guess we can call it, um, I got one more time trial to do. I am going to redo, uh, obstacle sports. Canada had done the virtual showdown back in June, um, with like the five pro guys. I think you were there with Jesse. Um, I did do that on my own and parts of it went really well but I was not super happy with my finish time because well basically it exposed a lot of weaknesses that I have. I spent a lot of time working on that so I'm planning to redo that event because it's really the closest I have to actually racing those guys um, in an event that kind of suits me. Like I know they did the three-hour event but I just don't want to run for three hours if I don't have to. Right. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to redo that event and I have an idea of where I'm going to fall in there and that'll set me up for next year. So, I mean, look, talk, talk is cheap. Right. But um, next year I got my eyes on some guys um, that I want to beat. Right. And yeah, we'll see what happens. (laughs) I mean, I don't know, like I was supposed to do the mountain series this year in the U S obviously that didn't happen. Next I'm year, not, buddy. yeah I guess um, I'm not necessarily right. ready to do the elite uh, the elite u s national series yet because I want to hit certain milestones before I go oh, over there okay. right I don't want to go over there and finish fiftieth right I want to go over there and finish well you know like Sam Hebert went over and finished thirteenth like obviously that's the goal you want to finish as well as he did um so I do have some milestones to hit. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, I got one time trial left this year coming up in a few weeks. And
0: what's your goal there? I,
1: the goal there is I want to uh, do the five in 1659. Um, I did do a time trial a um, few weeks uh, when, when it was that, in August. And I did do a PR, but like I made some rookie mistakes, right? Like, so I did the, just a, a public service announcement to anyone who does time trials on track because I'm still learning, right? Because I didn't do a lot of track. Um, you got to be careful with the GPS watch on a track. Um, it's not always accurate because like you're just turning around so much in a circle. Um, my issue in that time trial, paid too much attention to the watch. And often the watch will show you going significantly faster than you actually are. So you got to use lap time. So your splits for every 400 meters. So I thought I was running the first K in about 3.28. And it turns out I was at, I think, something like 3.37. I was like, whoa. <laughs> right? And then the time trial, like, every second counts. So, I spent the rest of the the race trying to catch up. So, yeah. um, oh, I know my goal, mean. yeah, my goal had been, like, that time, 16.59, to 17.15. That ended in the 17.25. So, the goal is uh, 16.59. If I can hit that this year, then uh, I know where that. Leaves me to stand for next year and then maybe next uh, April time trial again. And uh, I know where the other top guys are. Um, And I mean, again, anyone who's listening to this, of course, you know, like the fastest runner doesn't always win. Right. But what I'm trying to do, I really believe in comparing engines. So, you know, if you have like a Jesse Bruce who runs a 16 minute flat, let's say, and I were to run, you know, like a 1730, well, I got some work to do to catch up to him, right? I'm not going to beat him with the capacity to only do a 17 and a half, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, I get you.
0: Is. For me to catch up to and, and do and finish uh, at a 1659 at or 17 is going to, I need more work. But what I am able to reach and those reachable goals for me is I need to get back to the eighteen um yeah and what you have to do
1: like you have to you have to break it down into chunks right like it's easy to look at somebody maybe you to me and me to look at somebody like jesse bruce and think like oh i need to run that fast right but it doesn't work that way right right. you have to work in steps right because i'm not going to drop from a 17:25 to a 16 flat in a month right yeah this stuff takes time so it does i would say the same thing for you and anyone else, break it into chunks, right? So let's say you ran at like a 19 minute, okay, my next goal is 18.45, my next goal is 18.30, my next goal is 18.15, so that way you're not disappointed, like, oh, I didn't take off a minute and a half, right?
0: No, I finished in 19.03, The this one that I did the second <laughs> one, so the next one is gonna be 19 uh, 18.59. <laughs>
1: there you go if you do 18
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's it buddy that's a reachable goal not 18 18 uh, 18.59 if i can get better than that that's great
1: (laughs) yeah maybe you go faster right but uh yeah you gotta we have to be careful with comparing ourselves to others we have to do it positively all the time because often people will look at somebody that's faster and think oh wow i'm so slow right but i don't do that i look at somebody who's faster and i say like oh wow I'm actually this close and you can break it down. Like if you were to break down like your time versus like somebody that you're going to compete against, who's maybe faster, like you've mentioned some like off air to me before, uh, if you were to break down your five K race paces, it's a difference of seconds per kilometer. Right. And when you break it down that way, you're like, wow, I'm actually not that far off. I'm only like maybe five seconds per K off. Well, I can make that up in a year. Right.
0: Yeah. No, no, I agree with you. And I, I also agree that the fastest runners don't make for the best OCR racers and they don't, exactly. don't always finish first. But there are some elite athletes out there that are fast and they do finish fast because, one, they got a good program uh, going on for them that helps them, and that's why they're able to achieve those goals. So yeah. you know, slowly but surely, you can't expect things to happen overnight. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And like uh, some things we've seen, right, is that, like you said – It's not always the fastest that wins, but when we look at who is winning, generally they just happen to be very fast runners, right? Like you can get away with maybe not being as good on obstacles. Like look at Ryan Woods when he first came into the game, like he was failing a lot of obstacles and still finishing well, just because he was such a fast runner. And then he picked up his obstacle game and now the guy was a North American champion, right? So. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Um, If people are looking to find out more about you, Sean, and your camp, Outlaw OCR, where can they go?
1: Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, our website, just type in Outlaw OCR. Uh, For those that don't know us, what we do is we provide personalized running and obstacle course race training uh, to athletes. So we have weekend warriors who they only care about bettering themselves. They don't care about competing at all. And we have, uh, athletes who are elite or age group uh, podium finishers. We even had, like you had them uh, on your show. We had Catherine Clark, who is an age a Spartan age group world champion. Uh, so we have all ranges of people. Um, and now is really the time. A lot of, we're starting to get people coming in now, signing up, because they realize that now is the time to be putting work in for 2021. So if you're somebody who's looking ahead to that and you're finding maybe it's a bit confusing to, you know, navigate the ins and outs of the off season, the peaking. Um, you know, the the volume, the intensity. That's what we're there for. So, you just shoot us a message, yeah. and we'll be happy to chat with you. No strings attached.
0: Right. And you know what? Let me, let me say this on top of what you just said. You know, for everybody listening, um, his his training and his dedication uh, to his uh, the athletes that he trains. Uh, the people that he trains is remarkable because, and it speaks volumes. Why? Because I had, like he said, I had uh, three ladies, amazing uh, female athletes. Um, one, Catholic, uh, Catherine Clark, uh, Brenda Levine, and Tracy Klein. Um, they're known as, aka, the, the bad, badass moms of OCR, Amazing athletes. Each one of them has a unique story. Each one of them is a unique athlete. And the way you, as a coach, uh, are able to uh, train them and prepare their training uh, according to their fitness levels and uh, is just, it, it, it just it speaks volumes and it's incredible what you have done and what you can do. And to anybody that wants to learn about uh, Outlaw OCR Camp, contact him, you know, find out and, uh, and join. You'd be amazed.
1: I mean, I appreciate that. And some of the words that they had to say, um, because the difference in what we're trying to do versus maybe some other systems is that, like I said, everything is 100% personalized to the athlete. So you had mentioned, you know, uh, testing them and whatnot. They had mentioned, uh, feedback really what we're doing is that, it would be very easy to just give them a template. Yeah. This is how you train. Right. And not talk to them until they have to pay me next. But that's not what we do. What we do is we put the athletes through testing when they start frequently throughout while we're together, I have to fin- figure out what's our, our uh, weakness and have we improved or not. Yeah. Um, and we're speaking every week. Right. I'm looking through their data. They have Strava, they have Garmin. Like we're going through that together to see if they're uh, responding to the workouts or not when they have races, which I know there's not right now, but when they have races, I'm doing the homework for them and I'm putting together a plan that's going to get them prepared for that venue. So let's say somebody that's doing Jacksonville, right? Well, I'm going to take a look at the terrain profile, the finishing times, uh, and we're going to put together a training plan that mimics that. So when you show up, uh, it feels like you've already been there, basically. So that's what we're doing. That's a bit different, I think.
0: You know what? And that's incredible that you can do that research for them and then be able to... Uh, be able to um, create a plan in order f- to, f- for them to follow and be able to be successful and reach that goal, um, whatever goal that is. So, and like I said before, you, your, 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 your training and it just your camp speaks volumes and having those three ladies and then having them accomplish what they did and speak so highly of you. And not just so much them, but everybody that's, uh, that, that is in that camp and those that know you and, and, uh, surround you. But you're just, uh, an, an amazing athlete, an amazing coach, an amazing person. And it's, that's the reason why I do this because people need to know the type of, you know, the type of athlete and coaches and just athlete that, that we have here in Canada.
1: Man, you you got to stop talking. My head's going to get too big to, to get out of the door. I'm going to be stuck in this room now. <laughs> <too> but, nice. <laughs>
0: but you know what? It is the truth. It is. Right. And and so for those that want to reach out, please do. Um, Brother, I think we've, uh, we, we've, we've come to that, uh, that time. So yeah. you know what? Once again, it's been a pleasure, buddy, to have you on again. It, it, it truly has been a pleasure to speak with you. Um, I learned a lot when i when we when i first had you which was the beginning of like what is it i think episode four you were I there for it. the beginning of this when it started and now i have you here for the 40th uh i believe this is going to be the 40th or 40 uh 41st uh episode and to have you on again buddy it's an honor it's a pleasure to have you um and to shine a spotlight on you as an athlete and you as a coach and your camp, uh, you are, you know, I've learned a lot and I'm truly inspired by you, buddy. Um, I wish you the very best in your training. And then hopefully that we will see you out there soon, racing, man. I can't wait till we get back to racing so I can cheer for you and see the damage you're going to do. I'm telling you, buddy. (laughs) I, I, I truly, I, I can't wait for that day, buddy, to have you to, just to get out there and just cheer you on, buddy, because I know that you're going to do a lot. Um, for all the listeners, thank you for listening and, and, and watching this. Uh, I, hope I, I hope you guys learned as much as I have. Uh, get out there and train. Enjoy your training. Any questions, drop me. Uh, drop me any questions, comments, or reach out to Sean, and he'll be more than glad to answer any of your questions. Uh, guys enjoy the rest of your day sean once again buddy thank you so much everybody
1: um yeah as long as you're not uh as long as you're not uh bored by me and your listeners aren't bored i'll come back anytime bored
0: oh my god buddy (laughs) all right boys everybody take care